Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, online at robertsrobinson.com. Did we just experience the greatest football season ever? It is a question we will ask Stan Weber on this episode of Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, and here's why we ask it. Can you even make this stuff up? After all the futility, all the losing seasons, all the bad football, all the one, two, three win Chiefs teams, all of the things that have happened through the years, all the futility in Manhattan and Lawrence in Columbia. Did we just spend an entire six-month period watching football where KUK State Missouri all went to bowl games, Kansas State won a Big 12 title, and the Chiefs won a Super Bowl? Did this just happen right here? I mean, I can't really say we're the epicenter or the center of the universe here for football but I think this might have been the best football season I've ever seen in my life. I certainly don't know, nor am I accustomed to this happening, where everyone is good all the time, all year, and it was simply spectacular. Now, Stan is here, and the reason we waited a couple of days is to ponder questions like that. We have now learned since the game on Sunday that the Chiefs' famous play to Kadarius Toney is called Corn Dog. We've learned that Creed Humphrey, the center, made a gesture with his hand and a signal with five fingers or four fingers and a thumb to Patrick Mahomes that led to him running 26 yards. We've learned about the parade. We've seen Patrick Mahomes tweet out that he wants everybody there. We know he's going to be tossing Bud Lights to people. I'm sorry, Coors Lights to people. It's probably all going to happen. This was a remarkable season. The Chiefs covered the spread every week. I went out to the I had placed a wager for a friend on a college basketball game that was out of town. And I said, dude, I'm not covering that on my account. Bring me the money and I'll drive to the casino. I'll put the bet in for you. And I did that on Saturday and the lines were really, 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 really long, really long. They were betting on the Kansas Jayhawks and they were betting on the Chiefs. And after that hit and a couple of other plays that I played on the Chiefs game hit, I actually played the Chiefs at minus two and a half because it was giving me odds and hit that. They won by three. Uh, I went back to Cashman on Monday and there must have been... 200 people out there constantly trying to cash in their tickets. The Barstool Sportsbook at Hollywood Casino just got clobbered like they've never been clobbered before. Three straight weeks the Chiefs covered in the postseason. I mean, this was insane. I asked the guy at the window, I said, what'd they have to bring down here? About a half million to this cage today to pay all these people off? Now, Barstool's a national operation. They took bets in all over the country. But this particular casino right here, I'm seeing things I've never seen in my life. I have never, ever been to a casino or a sports book. I've been to many through the years where everybody in line was cashing the same thing. Everybody had the Chiefs and the over, and it was free money. It didn't look like it much of the night, but it was. I cannot even imagine how much they paid out. This was one hell of a football season. It was so fun. And now Stan is here to put it all into perspective for us. It is brought to you by 360 Document Solutions. Mark Lindquist and his team would love to work with your business. They'd just like the opportunity to meet with you and say, let's see how you do things. And maybe we could recommend you do it this way, or you could use this product, which costs a little bit less. And this one over here is a little bit better when it comes to printing or IT. We can help you out. Anything like that, why wouldn't you take the help if it's free? They're going to come in and consult with you and do a complete analysis of everything you're doing and hopefully offer up solutions that'll save you money. 360documentsolutions.com. 913-745-5344. This is a big, successful, great company, but it's not so big that you can't get a hold of the top guy. Mark will work with you. 913-745-5344.
360documentsolutions.com. Back Nine Development, your custom home builder, Kansas City, Lawrence, Topeka, Manhattan, or if you're involved in commercial properties or you've got a piece of land and you're thinking about, hey, would this be good for this use? It's a great first step to bounce this off TJ and see what he thinks. He has great projects going all over in Kansas City, Lawrence, Topeka, and Manhattan. It's back9development.com, back numeral nine development.com, or call TJ at 786-236-0161. He'd love to meet with you and find about your dream and what it is and see if he can build it for you. And of course, Tim Cross over at Cross Kitchens KC. If you're even thinking about remodeling at any point this year, make the call right now to Cross Kitchens and get free countertops on your qualifying project. That's extended until February 28th. So you've only got a couple of weeks left. 816-898-7047, crosskitchenskc.com. I cannot wait to talk to Stan Weber about the greatness of the Chiefs, the play calling, the things we've learned, the upcoming parade, all of the great things going on in football in and around where we live on the Football Feast. Hit it! The KK Has Issues Conversation is presented by Buck Roofing, online at rbuckroofing.com. Sleep well knowing Buck Roofing fixed the roof over your head. I refuse to say this is our final football feast because there is football year-round. We're going to have a draft in Kansas City. We're going to have spring ball with the colleges, and we're going to have so many things going on over the summer and roster turnover and things with the world champion Kansas City Chiefs. Stan Weber is here to discuss it all. Hello, Stan. Welcome back to KKHI. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I mean, Super Bowls, we talk about it. Don't ever take for granted you get the one that's special, and then if you win it, it's off the chart. Three Super Bowls the last four years with the Kansas City Chiefs. Two championships put you in historical range. Already unbelievable credibility for quarterback Patrick Mahomes and head coach Andy Reid, and it's not over for the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, it seems like the end of the season. Maybe we won't talk too much on the podcast, uh, but it's an amazing season. Uh, the Chiefs just went through. And, uh, congratulations. So much fun. I'm so happy to see everybody having a good time. Uh, Chiefs fans just coming out of the woodwork. People that ah, don't even necessarily love football have learned to love football watching that Super Bowl. See, and it couldn't have looked worse with a couple minutes to go in the first half. The Chiefs are about to go down 10. They were down seven. Mahomes gets hurt. He goes to the sideline. And I spent some time on Monday's podcast talking about this, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I thought it was the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career where he looked kind of helpless or even hopeless. He got to the bench, and at one point, he, he bobbed his head over, and he laid his head on the head athletic trainer's shoulder. And I've never seen anything like that on Mahomes. He's always been this... Leader, stoic, I've got this. He's Superman, right? That's his persona. He's he's freaking Superman. And I felt so hopeless as a Chiefs fan at that moment. Like, oh my God, it looks like Patrick Mahomes is giving up. And then he's one of the last guys in the locker room, rallies him up, brings Kelsey in, comes out, and has a per- perfect second half. Have you ever in your life seen anything quite like that? No, you haven't. And the thing is, is we haven't seen that in the history of the NFL, the, the fact is, if you go back to the 57 Super Bowls and maybe even into the playoffs, but let's just stick with the 57 Super Bowl, if the team gets ahead by double digits, it's been game over, Kevin. Uh, that's been the story of the Super Bowl. And then you look at the 2019 season and the Chiefs say, what are you talking about? We come back from a double-digit deficit 
in the fourth quarter to beat the Niners. So we are talking about things and opportunities and, and ability to fight through adversity like we've never seen before with these Kansas City Chiefs. And that was true of their first World Championship with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And then here they are looking at it again, this time with an injury. And momentum was not on their side. And the Eagles were going to get, you know, the Eagles got the football right there and had a chance to go up by 14 points possibly and see Patrick Mahomes wincing in pain with not an unknown injury. We all knew what the injury was. We knew he'd gone through it and just re-injured it again. So, yeah, all, all those things are in play. Uh, the guys had a magical run. You know, at that point, uh, it was still in total belief that the Chiefs could come back and win the game. Uh, I, you know, Patrick Holmes got hurt at the perfect time where he had 35 minutes or so to get his body in order, get his mind in order, get reestablished and, and come out. You know, if he would have got hurt early in the second quarter, he might have been awful for another series or two. But instead, he recovered and was ready to roll. And you know, I said on your podcast, I went back after the game was over, Kevin, and I said, I'm going to go listen to Kevin Keesman has issues. Go you know, back to last Monday's podcast. And see exactly what I said. You know, how does it come out compared to what we saw? And one of the things I said, I said, hey, the Eagles have a certain formula. They need to win the game. They need to play from ahead. And I said, it's the most even game I've ever evaluated before with these two teams. But I said, hey, the Chiefs can come back many ways. They can come back from and win. And I started chuckling as I was listening to that about 10, 15 at night. Sure enough, they did it. Uh, it's amazing what these guys can do. It isn't easy. It's unprecedented something we've never seen before and you just got to be great like Patrick Mahomes to be able to do this two times in four years battle back for double digit deficits and win a Super Bowl just doesn't happen and he did it in face of that scene right there where he he just looks so distraught it did I've never seen the man look helpless or hopeless and I thought I saw both in his eyes and in his actions over there and it was a remarkable turnaround I mean they were literally perfect in the second half and one of the cool things we now know that we did not really know, or I didn't know in my lifetime as a Chiefs fan is, when you win a Super Bowl, there are all kinds of things that come out that you just didn't know. We remember the Niner, the win over the Niners in Super Bowl Live, and that was Wasp. You know, the play was called Wasp. We have now learned that the play to Kadarius Toney is called Corn Dog, and it's a designed run to Jarek McKinnon that the quarterback has to check out of, and Andy Reid was pretty honest saying, well, look, I'm pretty sure Patrick's checking out of this and going to throw it over there to Tony. He doesn't really have to do anything. He waits and makes the decision when he has the ball, essentially. And he saw Slay, the corner, come in. Tony cuts back and is so wide open, it's ridiculous. We talked about the Eagles' defense biting on these things, about the Chiefs' ability to maybe trick them or fool them. But to have a name like Corn Dog on a play like that is just, I mean, this is going to be one of the most famous things in Chiefs' history. How in the world... If everybody knew this about the Eagles' defense, I'm not sure I understand this. And I think their coach got hired, um, their defensive coordinator got hired uh, to be a head coach. If everyone else knows you're susceptible to biting on these things, how come sometimes teams don't self-scout or figure themselves out and figure out how to not do that? Why were the Eagles not prepared to play more discipline on plays like that? Well, we said it was the weakness of their team, you know, down the middle. Uh they, they had tendencies and he really took care of them. But it was a perfect confluence of what the Chiefs are, what the Chiefs do, and how they experiment versus what they ran into with the Eagles. you got to go all the way back to training camp, Kevin. And you and I have spoken before the season many, many times. 
and I, I know I've said this to you, and, and you have a full belief in it, Andy Reid will invent stuff at the start of the season that no one's seen before. He'll start doing things in the early games that gets everybody off balance, and it's just laughable how the Chiefs are doing things. And then about week five, six, or seven, you're noticing that the other teams are starting to do some of the same things, and everyone's going to learn from the tape. So every offseason, Andy Reid is working on things, and in this training camp, they happen to work on having two receivers to one side, the outside receiver come in motion and kind of get to where the inside receiver is when the ball snaps. And everyone expects that person, because he's running inside, to keep his momentum and use that movement that he has to speed up to cross the field fast. So that's the advantage. You cross to the other side of the field fast. And so the defenses have started to adjust and say, well, rather than having the guy chase him all the way, let's have the defensive back switch. And the inside guy start running immediately, let the outside guy get the guy who hasn't moved yet, and you'll settle in and have this whole thing taken care of. Except when the outside guy pivots and runs a V route back to the outside, one defender sitting inside waiting for somebody, and no one's there. And it's wide open. And they ran that in practice many, many times with every receiver. Remember, in camp, they had 90 players, Kevin. And no matter who they put out there, it kept opening up over and over again. And the Chiefs defense couldn't cover it. And they were just going, wait a second. If the Chiefs defense can't cover this, and if every guy in our roster, including players who aren't even going to make the team, are going to be able to run this play and make it work, this is an elite play. So they had that in the back of their minds all the time, and they unleash it in the Super Bowl, knowing the Eagles are the best. This is a compliment to the Eagles. They're the best at switching off man-to-man down there and not getting outrun to the other side of the field. So they used that against them. They used the knowledge base that they had. They had a super, super play. Kevin, guess what you're going to see next year? You're going to see this play run a lot. With Philadelphia ran Philly Special in the 2017 season, guess what? We see Philly Special run, even by colleges and high schools. But people are going to do this. The Chiefs had the perfect item where they found they had something great in the fall, and then they kept it for the Super Bowl and used it against the team that it would work the best against in the best situation. And what do you have? I guess in the 57 years of football, the most open two receivers in the history of Super Bowl were those two guys. They were like 17 yards away from the closest defender when they caught the ball in the red zone where it's tight and hard. So, Hey, it's unbelievable what Andy Reid does in the offseason. You know, you don't see him at a bunch of social events, even at the hamburger joint or a bunch of charity things, Kevin. Andy Reid's all about football, man. And that dude in the offseason draws up some cool stuff that he implements into the NFL and gets everyone by surprise. And this is a great example. The play on the other Corn side. Corndog, baby. Corndog. The play on the other side with Sky Moore is described as a passing play, and Mahomes just stayed with it. He said it is not the same play. It's similar but it was the identical concept. You go into motion and then you go back and the, you know, Tony said, Kadarius Tony said, the second I saw Slay running with me, I knew I was about to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That, that was his quote. He's like, as soon as he started running with me, I'm like, we got this. This is going to be easy. And it, it couldn't have been easier. I mean, the only thing you got to do now is not drop it, but it was amazing that it worked on the other side then too. Yeah, Kevin, when we spoke at the last podcast last Monday, we were talking about play design, and when we discussed that, I was saying that Andy Reid has certain concepts where basically he knows where he wants to get certain players at a certain time after the ball snapped, and that is the key thing. Now, how do you get there? 
well, we just spoke about how they got this play that works so well. Can we recreate it? Can we make it look differently, like it's a completely different play with a different player group, but still get the same concept? It's basically the same thing. Outside guy goes in motion to the inside, and all kinds of havoc is caused on the defense. They're not going to be able to guard it because they're worried about the crossing component to it, and no one's worried about you veering back out. They basically run the same concept with different groups of players and get it to work, and it just makes it even more of an embarrassment or a hit-your-head-on-the-ground the type of deal if you're the defensive coordinator uh, for the Eagles. You're going, really? Really? They did it to us twice, the same concept, and it ended up being just as open. So just an amazing job of, you know, in the old days when it was more of a Vince Lombardi game, you know, running the football, Kevin, you know what you'd do if you ran a good play over the right side? A lot of times they'd say, let's run the same play. Until they stop it, let's run the same play. Well, in the NFL today, people don't think that way. They, they believe that the opponents study things so well. The, player, the players understand football so much. It's not about physicality. It's about being smart that they go, can't do it. Can't go back to the same, can't go back to the same play. So what does Andy Reid do? He goes back to the same play, except for he makes it look completely different so the defense has no idea that they're going to do the same thing. Just an amazing job. Red zone football is a big deal. Scoring touchdowns instead of field goals is a difference in winning winning games, Kevin, in big-time football. And guess what? The Chiefs score seven on those two drives. And think about the Eagles. They had to kick two field goals in the game. And uh, that is a big differential. If the Chiefs are scoring touchdowns, when the Eagles had to kick a couple of field goals. Okay, uh, real quick one here. We don't spend a lot of time on this one. True or false, the Chiefs would be 0-3 in Super Bowls in the last five years if they had any other quarterback than Patrick Mahomes? True. Yep, I agree. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, they're, I mean they're, they're really good. They're, they're really good. And the defense is legitimate this time, Kevin. I'll give you that. The Chiefs' defense is better and everything else. But, you know, you don't come back from 10-point deficits like that. It just doesn't happen. It's fill-in-the-blank quarterback. There's only a few guys in the history of football that could do it. And, yeah, if you want to talk to me about Tom Brady – John Elway, Roger Staubach, Patrick Mahomes. That's the list for me. Uh, there may be somebody else out there, but I doubt it. Most of these other quarterbacks have to have things go right for most of the game. There are a few that can turn it around. But Patrick Mahomes, we just talked about it. Kevin, he's done it twice. 2019, 2022 season. Uh, he's the man. He's the man to fight through adversity and act like it didn't even happen uh, better than anybody I've ever seen. I've had so many people say, you know, there's a lot of great players on the Chiefs, and they do a lot of things well, and I say they sure do. And even the worst teams in the NFL have a lot of great players and do a lot of things well. Okay, the, the worst teams do. They're, they're all professionals, and they all have, you know, $140 million worth of salaries out there. So they're not, they're not schlubs even on the crappy teams. And I, I, tried, I, I, I was saying this the other night as we were watching. I said, this is like, and I just used Max Scherzer as the example, as the baseball example. I think Max Scherzer's a stud. Okay, he's a warrior. But you can plug in any great starting pitcher that you can think about. Imagine being able to go to the World Series instead of needing three or four starting pitchers, you can just run Max Scherzer out there every night. And if you do that, the advantage you have over the other baseball team, I mean, it'd be remarkable. And that's really what the Chiefs have. In football, you get to play your ace every time. And it matters. It is a huge, huge deal to have the best quarterback on the planet. And you have said it for many, many years, Kevin. Tell me who the quarterback is and tell me who the coach is. Yeah. Uh, you know, Andy Reid is elite coach of all time. He's the best offensive mind, I think, 
you know, Paul Brown deserves a lot of credit because he invented a, a football that people didn't have any idea about. So maybe Paul Brown deserves being a credit. Bill Walsh went to the West Coast passing game and really revolutionized football. I'll give him a lot of credit. But I, I tell you what, I have no problem. I think Andy Reid's probably the best offensive mind and play caller in the history of football. And you have him on that side as well. You know, this, it's still close, Kevin. And that's the thing that you got to respect, how hard this is. If the Chiefs would have lost to the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow would have been able to stand up with his cigar and say, I'm the best quarterback in the NFL. We just beat the Chiefs two years in a row in Arrowhead. We've beaten them so many times in regular season and in the playoffs, and we're going to our second straight Super Bowl. That's what was at stake. You know, it was a, it was a nasty negative possibility hanging over the Chiefs if they lost to Cincinnati. But let's forget that. Now that they've won, they've made three Super Bowls in four seasons. They've won two, Kevin. But then start talking about the other two seasons and think how awesome you think Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are. Overtime with bad overtime rules is the only reason why he didn't go to the Super Bowl in the first season that he was a starter. And they had a big lead and should have beat the Cincinnati Bengals and lost in overtime of the AFC Championship game or he would have been in the Super Bowl again. He is knocking on the door, Kevin, of five straight Super Bowls out of five times. That's it's well, incredible. Uh, Most teams lose a game in a divisional round or somewhere. They've not had a dud at all. I mean, it's the, the, overtime, AFC the, Championship the, game, loss or better. The first one was a freebie. D. Ford was offsides, and that was the killer because they intercepted. Charverius Ward intercepted Tom Brady to go to the Super Bowl at Arrowhead, and the Chiefs would have won that game. They would have been heavy favorites in that game, and they would have won that game. And I look back at that one and go, wow, what might have been if D. Ford hadn't lined up offsides? I still can't believe the knucklehead did it, and I'll never forgive him. But, you know, if we ever get to a point where Mahomes has won six and Brady won seven, I'm going to remember D. Ford. I can promise you that. Because <laughs> Brady never had one yeah. of those moments. Brady, Brady, with his wins, always had the opposite moment. He always had something like the chief that people think the Chiefs got the other night, and that was a holding call. Oh, they caught a break. Well, okay, yeah, but they played great. They were so much better in the second half than the Eagles were. They just were and deserved to win the game. And then the five-minute drive, to me, was Andy's masterpiece. This is the greatest thing he's done in his time in Kansas City was that five-minute drive. And I was stunned because I don't think three years ago he coaches his players to slide to the one-yard line and win the game on a field goal. I don't think he does. I think it's taken Andy a long time to come around to how to actually manage a game to win it with what he has because he's always just been score, 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 which is great until you're trying to win that big game at the end, man. There was maturity there with the players, with the coaching staff. There was just brilliance on Sunday. There was absolute brilliance in the second half. No doubt about it. And when you look at the overall season, that's the kind of development that they deserve to be credited for it, it makes things look better for the future. Uh, hey, spinning around and, and playing around and having fun plays. Uh, the incredible wasp play that very few people could have done where Patrick's retreating back with a pass rush on him and finding Tyreek Hill. I mean, no spectacular plays. The Chiefs have gotten known for it. People love them. Kids love watching the Chiefs because there's so much excitement around them. But you can't just win with the exciting plays. Patrick Mahomes would do it most of the time here or there. But what the Chiefs did this year, Kevin, throughout that Super Bowl game and all season long was just do recreatable things down after down, throwing from the pocket. Patrick Mahomes only threw one pass greater than 20 yards in the air all game. There was no Tyree Kill factor 
or freaks or anything like that. This was an offensive line that blocked them up. This is play calling that was very sound. This is throwing from the pocket accurately and delivering the ball. This was running the football and get it hit in the blocks and the running backs finishing. And, you know, it was this is recreatable yes. football and good defense. And this is just so much more sound, Kevin, that I, it's not magic now. They, they've, they've grown up. The, the little kid that was good has grown up into a real man right now. All right, so my, my bullet point here to ask you is about the future. And, and instead of, hey, how long is Andy going to coach or how many more Super Bowls or any of that stuff, the future for me is what do teams do with the Chiefs now? Because I think you just laid that out perfectly. Something tells me that death by a thousand paper cuts is even worse than getting beaten over the top. If you remember earlier this year, Mahomes missed some guys downfield. He had Valdez Scantling a couple times wide open downfield and overthrew him. He had an underthrow for an interception in a game. His deep game in the air, throwing it a long ways, was not spectacular this year. But everything else was perfect, and his numbers were actually better. Isn't this a giant flashing sign to every defensive coordinator in the league? Don't play the Chiefs like this anymore. Get up on them. Stop the run. Stop the short little passes to Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore. And make Mahomes beat you deep. I think we're going right back to where we were five years ago, where they say, let's make him throw it 50 yards. Well, I think you're right, Kevin, because when it was the Chargers who invented the cover two and rush with four, uh, get after it with a four defensive lineman, make him stay in the pocket and throw the ball and take the top off the defense with a cover two umbrella. You know, that worked. And the Chiefs last year, I think, started two and three. And and Patrick Mahomes was frustrated, and Tyreek Hill wasn't getting the ball deep. But even during that season, they developed, they changed, and during the offseason, Patrick Mahomes has completely bought into another level of knowledge on the football field, another level of accuracy from the pocket with good fundamentals. You know, Tom Brady, you think about what he does, Tom. Uh, he, he, Tom Brady just works so hard on little things to get rid of the ball 0.1 seconds faster. You know, he's doing that all in the offseason more fundamentals and more fundamentals, like he's a, a sophomore and high school quarterback. Well, Patrick Mahomes has bought into that, and, and he can continue doing that. So you're right, Kevin. You can't sit back and play cover two. The Chiefs don't have Tyreek Hill, and I think you're on to it. You, you can't play this way because the Chiefs' offensive line is able to block in the running game well. And so you now just will say, let's put it on the line and see if they can hit us over the top for 50 yards or 30-yard plays. Can they beat us in man-to-man with pressure up front, try to stuff guys up there and not allow them to run. Well, those things make sense. It doesn't mean it's going to work, but the one thing is the Chiefs don't have Tyreek Hill. You know, that could be a difference, but Andy has an answer. Patrick Mahomes is learning and growing and has an answer. And that's what's so cool about this game, Kevin, because we said on your podcast, I laid out the one thing to keep in mind, and hopefully everyone did at their party. The Eagles and the Chiefs are dead even teams. But one thing sticks out that's a weakness that's different than anything else, and that's the Eagles' lack of ability to stop the run. We pointed that out. That is where the Chiefs could attack them. But would Andy be able to dish in the running game enough to make the Eagles pay? Guess what, Kevin? Go look at the stats. Yeah. Do you realize the Chiefs only threw the ball two more times than they ran it? Only two more times in modern NFL. Andy Reid, Mr. Pass, he said, let's attack him with the running game. How big a compliment is that to the Chiefs' future that yep. that didn't bait the Chiefs into something stupid? I mean, if we'd have lost by 10 or 14 points and the Chiefs ran the ball too much, everyone would say, Andy took the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. How stupid is he? But the fact is, 
the offensive line in the running game and tapping Mahomes scrambling in the running game, that counts because those linebackers does. are so far out of there. Yeah. The Chiefs could lean on the running game and still win. Yeah. The Chiefs can run plays against cover two and still win. Kevin, they don't have a weakness on offense. They can do it so many different ways. I agree with you. Just won't go back and pressure them, but, man, this is cool. The Chiefs got a lot of things to do. Defense is better. Couldn't feel better about the future of the Kansas City Chiefs. Imagine what the running stats would be and Mahomes' numbers would look like if Andy Reid let him run. Now, the Super Bowl is a different deal. Go, Pat, go. He doesn't let him do that in the regular season. He'll do it occasionally on third or fourth down or maybe around the goal line, but he just doesn't do it. They, they do not want him ever doing anything like he did on Sunday. Imagine what this player would look like if the Chiefs used him like Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts the other night and just said, go run it, or they lined up on fourth and a foot and had guys push him from behind for a first down. They will never use Mahomes like that. They never will. But imagine if they did what it would look like. Yeah, because he can do it all. It's so smart, though, because the question mark, the biggest question mark I had going into the game, Kevin, was Jalen Hurts' physical capabilities. Uh, would he be the guy who played for the regular season and made winning points all the time? He's an accurate passer now. He's grown up. He's a physical runner. Uh, he makes good decisions and all those kind of things. If he wasn't able to do that, the Eagles didn't have a chance. Well, guess what? He was okay. He was great. Everyone now can see how why the Eagles were great all year long because he would get them out of trouble and make big plays downfield. He would run the football, but he almost wasn't physically able to do that. He missed a couple of games. We don't want that, Kevin. You cannot risk your quarterback getting injured. It's not worth it. you got to give up some yards. You know, okay, in the playoffs or the Super Bowl, you let it all hang out. But like the Buffalo Bills, they get Josh Allen so beat up, Kevin, that he's not hitting on all cylinders when it's playoff time. You can't do that. So this is just, again, Andy Reid being so smart trying to tame that horse. He had a wild horse. The fastest, most athletic horse could buck, could run, could do everything when he came out of Texas Tech. And he just slowly but surely just keeps breaking that horse to say, let's have a true right. function in what you're trying to do, and let's keep all the exuberance and the athleticism. But this is a good example. Don't expose him to run the football. Lamar Jackson doesn't make it through a season. Josh Allen gets too beat up. Jalen Hurts almost got too beat up. They're elite modern quarterbacks. But Patrick Mahomes is not going to do that. He's going to start moving toward. He's only 27. He's going to be 28 next year. I'm telling you, Kevin, he's going to start moving more and more the way Roger Staubach did, the way John Elway did, and the way Tom Brady does, and, and Peyton Manning. Gunning the ball from the pocket accurately all over the field. He is going to learn how to be that quarterback throughout his career and still, while he's young, be able to move and get away, which yeah, is crazy. what Roger Staubach yeah. and John Elway did. They, they ran, but the quarterback, the quarterback wouldn't let him run. He didn't want him to run. Almost and unfair. That's the way Patrick yeah. Mahomes is he's just going to get better. Yeah, it's almost unfair. It really is. All right, I'm going to make you, I don't know what title I can give you. I can't make you commissioner because the commissioner doesn't get to decide this. I'm going to make you the king of the NFL, all right? You own the entire league. There is no competition committee. There's no rules committee. There's no commissioner, and you don't work for the owners. You are in charge. Would you change what a catch is? And if so, what would it be? The, the catch has gotten better because they have indicators like a football move or a third step. It's a little more objective about what a catch is, so they're almost in a better position. I wish, like the catch and fumble uh, that was returned by the Chiefs for a touchdown, that should be a catch. 
when Des Bryant made a catch against the Green Bay Packers, uh, that's when they had a problem because that should have been a catch. The Cowboys got ripped off. And since then, they've tried to clean things up. I think everyone has a better understanding of what a catch is now and not. So that is not a rule change that I would make. But there are some other rule changes, Kevin, that I do think are in order for the NFL. Okay, so let's talk about those. I would change what a catch is because I want to see what happened the other night be a catch because I think that's a that's one of the most exciting plays in football is the catch and fumble and what it can do for a defense and how it can change a game. And I think we've taken an awful lot out of the game by we, we protected the receivers, rightfully so, and all those things. But if you got to get three feet down inbounds in the middle of the field for it to be a fumble, that's insane. He had that clearly in his hands. It was never at any point bobbled. If you knock the ball loose, you knock it loose. If you got there in time like that, maybe the quarterback shouldn't have thrown the ball. Okay? Let's put some blame on the quarterback for waiting too long, for throwing it to a guy that's about to get hit the second he catches it. I think those should be catches and fumbles, and I think that's one of the most exciting plays in football. But I digress. What would you like to see changed? First of all, we got to get back to not calling penalties on players tackling the quarterback uh, when, when it's just there's no malice, uh, nothing other than a tackle or a, a push right as he's throwing the football. So we get, that interpretation has gone way too far. It is really, really bad. The other thing that I would do is I would not allow a pass interference call to be called against the defense if the offensive player has turned his back to the goal line he's going toward to come back and get the football, the underthrow. The underthrow should not be rewarded in the NFL. It's ridiculous, and even in college. When a quarterback underthrows the ball, the defender just kind of hits his brakes but doesn't hit it quite fast enough, and the ball's coming to the back of his head, and they call pass interference, that's a bad call. I would also implement a rule, or at least consider it in the NFL, say an unintentional pass interference call is a 20-yard penalty max. And then if there's anything that says it is blatantly trying to get, you know, just give up a penalty, then do it as a spot foul. College football only gives a maximum of 15 yards. That's not going to work in the NFL because the NFL cornerbacks are too good. They would just uh, tackle everybody downfield and make a farce of the game. But I would like to see the penalty not be so uh, negative on a close call. So those couple things in a pass interference. And then the one thing I would do, Kevin, uh, which addresses a little bit the play, third and eight from the 15-yard line, Philadelphia Eagle fans jumping up and down and saying they don't like illegal contact or holding that occurs in the NFL after receivers gone five yards. I don't like that part of the game of the NFL compared to college. Uh, I, I think that they're too touchy about it. But in the playoffs, they usually aren't. I would just change this, Kevin. I would say this. If it's a penalty, fine. Throw the flag, but here's what I would say. No longer is it an automatic first down. Third and eight is a five-yard penalty, and third and three. That seems fair. If that penalty would have been from the 15 to the 10, and now it's third and three, and the Chiefs got a chance to prove it with five, you know, with five yards of penalty, then I think you got a better game than saying it's so blatant. Because on third and 15, if they have a five-yard penalty and automatic first down, even on a ball it's thrown seven yards, it doesn't make sense. Yes. So that's what I would do. I would say, let's just make it a five-yard penalty and not an automatic first down and not make it so punitive on what is always a close call. What about my idea of a coach can challenge anything? Love it. Love it. No reason No reason to limit. Uh, because you got you got limited number, right? You got three. You, know, you got two. 
and you have to be right on the first two to earn a third. Uh, now, now, let me we give, you, that, let, let me give you my asterisk here because I'm changing the whole rule. I'm now going to four timeouts per half per coach, and you can use them in any iteration you would like as a timeout or a challenge, and that's it. Well, that's fine, too. It, it, it has to take – you cannot create more delays in the game. The NFL right. does not want to make the game longer. So if you say a timeout or a review are the same thing, I'm fine with that. And I don't, I don't, you don't have to limit it to two to earn your way to three. There's nothing magical about that right. in my mind. Right. So, I'm a, but, but the number of timeouts, you know, they have so many breaks in a the game. They do not want to add breaks to the game. I know. And have people sitting around in an NFL game. And I, I understand that, that, you know, they want that game to end in about three hours to three ten, And we got to be a little bit careful about it. But Bill Belichick made the same suggestion that you did. And I have no problem with that. If we can go back and check it by video, then let's go ahead and review the call. It'll be challenging, though, to implement because the one that's going to be hard is, hey, on that run on the outside, that right tackle held. You're like, yeah, but I've seen the one I like. They hold on every play. I know, but the, the one that I you think. Know, how are you going to handle that situation? The one I'd like to be able to review is hands to the face because it's always called either against or not against a quarterback. And I'd, I'd be in favor of. If your quarterback got hit in the face and he turns over to you and they didn't call it, I'd be able to review that too and assess a penalty. Okay, the hands to the face yeah, is the no, hard one. The true. hands to the face is so hard for these officials, whether you're hitting the quarterback or a blocker, an offensive lineman who gets their hand up in under there a little bit, and now all of a sudden he's on the guy's chin strap or something, hands to the face. Some of these are so hard to call, man. I think those really need to be reviewable. All right, Stan, let's finish with this. I'll get off my soapbox here. Let's finish with this. I don't know where to really – in retrospect, how to categorize this football season we've just seen. KUK State, Missouri all made bowl games. Kansas State won the Big 12. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. We've lived here our whole lives. Is this the greatest football season of a lifetime? It is the greatest football season of a lifetime if you're open-minded and, and can root for every school right now for just a second that you brought up and you're in the Kansas City region. Uh, the answer is yes to what you laid out. Now, for those that happen to be listening around the world or anywhere else in the country that don't really care about K-State, KU, or Missouri and aren't necessarily big Chiefs fans, Kevin, I'm going to tell you, it was the greatest college and pro football season in the history of football, uh, especially when you combine them. Tell me what was wrong. The ratings were off the charts. The competition was unheard of close uh, throughout the country. Uh, and, and the NFL... It was just drama after drama. If you had movies that showed things that happened in these, in this regular season and playoff run in the NFL and, and in the regular season and bowl season for college, you wouldn't believe the movies. I mean, it has been unbelievable. It, it just, you, you sit there and you watch more close games than they've ever had in the history of the NFL. More close games. And tell me where games weren't close in college football. I mean, it, did you have K State winning? the big 12 in week two or three when no. they lost to Tulane. Yeah, no. no, they lost to Tulane and you're like, Oh wow. Well, guess how good Tulane is. They won, they won their bowl game in the cotton bowl. Uh, it, it was, I think it was the greatest football season I've ever seen. The drama every week was off the charts, the competition, the quality of play, uh, the physicality of football is something that I hope a lot of, young people watch and interpret and evaluate because there was a run 
about five years ago plus, right? A big push against the NFL, concussions, 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 CTE, concussions. Maybe football shouldn't be played. We have trouble getting our youth involved in football. A lot of parents, not just moms, but moms and dads saying, I don't think I want my young man to play football. That was a mistake, in my opinion. That is a giant mistake. And watch football today. The rules are about the excellence, the, the, the ability to hand-eye coordination. The offensive linemen use hand-eye coordination. They don't bounce their heads into someone else. It's not all about that. It's positioning. The game is awesome. It's safer than ever. It's more offensive than ever, more enjoyable to watch. From people evaluating, should my 12- to 15-year-old kid play football, to you and I, old guys, Kevin, just loving us some more football, it has been great. And the fact that now we are also engaging in something that helps football out, flag football, Kevin. Flag football for girls and boys learning how to throw, catch, defend as a, a defensive player in a passing game. All of this is perfect. I don't care if you don't play tackle football. If your son doesn't or your daughter never plays tackle football, get into flag football. It is awesome, and it emulates what the skill set we need in real football is. And I think a lot of people will gravitate over. The athleticism will be better. The kids are going to pass and catch and defend at younger ages, Kevin. They're learning football skills. And guess what? When they allow me to play football, tackle football for the first time, I was a seventh grader. And you know what I did as a little jerky kid, Kevin? I got up and looked at the coaches without saying a word and going, you guys are idiots. Why are we laying on the ground, standing up, and smashing into each other? This is not football. And why do you have big kids doing it to little kids? This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Football is about all the skill sets that it takes to execute in football. I knew it when I was in seventh grade, Kevin. Yep. And finally it's come to fruition. Now you watch football. Moms and dads out there, if you're getting kids in the teams, let me tell you, it's no longer seventh grade practice with some stupid coach smashing kids' heads together. It has taken decades to talk all the high school offensive linemen off the ledge. They were not the most important thing on the football field. This is really hard. (laughs) It's so hard for them to swallow. And I still got buddies. You know, we're in our 50s. And and I've got buddies. They're like, oh, that Chiefs O-line the other night. Yeah, it was really good. But you know what? On most of the plays I saw, they didn't need to be very good because he just got rid of it. He got the snap and threw it. And it was like, okay, whatever. The line was great, but it doesn't matter. The line, the Eagles line is great, and they lost. So it didn't mean much to them, did it? It's your quarterback that matters. So I'm with yeah, you, man. And, but, but I think the, line, the line's much more about creativity yeah. of hand placement great. and quickness great. and spinning. And it's a much safer great. game, Kevin. But it hasn't lost joy to us. They put together the best season ever. The, the least physicality ever. But I knew it when I was a young man. It's not about stupid physicality. It's about great skill level that ends up on a physical style game. That's right. Okay? You need the physicality to teach these boys how to be men. You need this coordination and teamwork to teach these girls how to be football players. If it's flag football, I'm all for it, Kevin. It's the greatest sport to make people grow together as a team. No one can do it by themselves. Even Patrick Mahomes needs a lot of help from people to get it done. Yep. And so, I mean, I, I could not be more in love with what football great. means to the youth of America uh, and how important it is to be involved in it. I played all the sports. 
But in basketball, you know what? I as the best player, I just go out and win the game. Seriously. <laughs> That's right. As the best basketball player, I could go win the game last the year. As a football player, couldn't do it. I needed everyone to help me out. Sure, I helped the team win if I was good, but it still took a lot of everybody. And that is what needs to be taught. And you ought to need to understand you're going to be pressed physically, spiritually, mentally, team-wise. There's nothing like football. Buddy, he saw it with our Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. I can't thank you enough uh, for the football feast all year and the contributions right here on the podcast for the greatest football season ever, buddy. You are the best. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Have a great vacation. Can't wait to talk to you again. And if people want to finish this podcast and say, well, I was hoping to hear those two guys talk again, I promote go back and listen to last Monday's, a week ago Monday, and see what we talked about before the Super Bowl. And it may still be rich and effective and reasonable after you watch the game. Wow. So uh, hopefully people can do that as well, Kevin. That's what's great about the podcast. You can go back to the archives. Go get it. Thank you, Stan. Take care. Okay, thanks, Kevin. All right, there is my man, Stan Weber. Incredible analysis all season long on the football feast. And if you do go back to last Monday, you're going to find all kinds of great stuff in there that he talked about in the matchups and how incredibly close this game was going to be and how it was going to go to the very wire. I mean, Stan was just all over it all season long. And I know you appreciate his insight into football. He is just absolutely something else. There's nobody that knows football better than Stan Weber. And we're just, I'm so privileged to have known him for so many years and had him on my radio show and my podcast. And nobody I would trust analysis of a game to more than Stan Weber. I'm not kidding you. I'm talking about network announcers, everything else. Nobody studies this stuff like Stan and knows it like he does. And I think you heard a lot of that this year. Stan Weber brought to you by North Kansas City Dental online at nkcdental.com. Dr. Bill Bush is your new dentist. He's the team dentist of the Chiefs players. Why wouldn't he be your dentist? 816-471-2911 or online at nkcdental.com. Great Life Golf, online at greatlifekc.com. Spring is just around the corner. It's time to play more golf this year. Sign up for a membership, three different levels of memberships at Great Life. To fit everyone's budget, they all include all the golf you want to play. If you want to play more golf, sign up at greatlifekc.com. Here's the easy way. Send an email to join, that's join, at greatlifegolf.com. Send an email. Say, hey, here's where I live. Here's what I'm looking at. What can you do for me? How much is it? I'd love to play more golf this year. Or join one of the golf courses with a fitness club and do that. Join at greatlifegolf.com. And, of course, the event coming up in Manhattan with Skylar Thompson at Goolsby's. This is going to be a really, really great night on Saturday, March 4th. It is a cancer fundraiser. Skylar Thompson, the Dolphins quarterback, former K-State quarterback, is having a big fundraiser there. It is not cheap. It's 100 bucks, and it's limited in number. The proceeds go to the Cancer Research Center. If you'd like more information, check out Skylar Thompson's Instagram page, at Skylar J. Thompson. They'd love to have you there. There's music, there's food, there's entertainment. You get to meet Skylar Thompson. He's a great moral model for kids. If you want to take your kids to this event, it will be family-friendly. There's cool auction items, VIPs, former K-State players. It's going to be a really fun event. I'm sure Stan will be there. I didn't ask him about it. We'll talk to him maybe about it a little bit later down the road, but this is going to be a great event to raise money and a really, really outstanding young man, Skylar Thompson. For more information, check out his Instagram page at Skylar J. Thompson on Instagram, or just call him at Goolsby's at the Blue Mount Hotel there in Manhattan for more information on becoming a sponsor or just making a donation if you'd like to on behalf of the event. Pretty cool stuff. Appreciate all the great work that he has done there. And we hope you enjoyed your football feast. Stan Weber had it for you as he always brings it. And I love it. He said it perfectly. The greatest football season ever. And it was here. 
on KKHI. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. (laughs) 